What's up everybody? Welcome back to Ministry of the Body. And to those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Lux and welcome to the channel. So today we are on episode number two of Obstacles and Choices. Now, today we're going to be dealing a little bit with choices. Important choices that people had to make in the Bible. Choices that led to their breakthrough. You know, some tough choices in the middle of their challenges. God has this thing in the Bible where he uses people right in the middle of their challenges. Now, a very good example of this is or are the four lepers in the Bible. Yes, these are four men who had leprosy, right? Now, for those of you who do not know what leprosy is, leprosy is a contagious skin disease of various kinds. Now, this skin disease was very contagious. So if you had or you were found to have leprosy. In fact, you cannot hide that you have leprosy. People will just see it on you. Uh, this meant that you had to be outcast from the group uh, because no one wanted to catch what you had. So you were probably chased out of the, the, the society. Now, these four men um, are known as outcasts in the Bible. So this means that they were definitely also chased out of the city as well. And the Bible actually describes them to be found outside the city gates of Samaria. Samaria. Very nice name to say, Samaria. Now, in this specific setting, in this time, the city of Samaria was actually being besieged by King Ben-Hadad of the Arameans. This meant a lot of things. Now, when you are besieged by an army or by anyone, this means that you are surrounded and cut off all your resources. Now, this siege method of warfare was something that, as you can see, way back in the day you can see the arameans are using this tactic on the israelites and it, this tactic was very devastating because what happens is that they cut you off all your resources any important exports that you have trade economics team that won't work because anyone who may come with their truck back then there were no trucks anyone who may have came with their donkey and your resources, maybe there was a young person who did a young take a lot or superbalist and did a delivery, needed to come to Israel. And now when it comes to Israel, the Arameans are saying, oh, someone ordered some Nike shoes. We're going to take those Nike shoes. And then you never get your Nike shoes. But now back then, you know, people were not worried about Nike shoes. They were worried about food and water. Now food and water couldn't come into the city of Samaria because of the siege. They were surrounded. They cut off all your entrances and entrances and exits. Entrances and exits. Entrances and exits. Yes. Therefore, nothing can come in and nothing can go out. So, being besieged is a very, very terrible thing. These four lepers have a very important decision to make. They said to themselves in the Bible, they say it says that they they discussed with one another. They said, guys, listen, if we sit here, we will die. If we go back to the city, we will probably die. If we go to the Samarian camp, at least they have the resources that the city of Samaria needs. So we might die, but also the possibility of living is where the enemies are. Hmm. So now eventually they decide, ah, let's go to the enemies they go into the place where they were uncertain of what would happen but going to the uncertain option means that there was a possibility of breakthrough 
Now, when you're in situations where you do not know what is going to happen, that is not always a bad thing because there are chances of a breakthrough. And when you put your faith in God, your chances literally go up to a 100% success rate that you will break through. There are situations that sometimes God just doesn't want you to know the details of because when you know the details, your human nature may disturb the outcome of what God is trying to do. Sometimes God has to hide you from certain things so that you do not ruin what God is doing. All right? Being being in a place of uncertainty is not always a bad thing. If you think about a child when they're about 6 years, 10 years old, a couple of years ago, children weren't even slightly bothered by the debt that you have in your bank account as a parent. So, a child says, "Mom or dad, I want a bicycle." And the dad promises that next week I will buy you a bicycle. The child does not has does not want to know that next week you had to pay a what 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 or debit orders came in. That bicycle must come. So they were not they were uncertain or had not known about the challenges that you were going through, but they knew that the bicycle must appear in the garage next week. That's what they knew. And that is the same attitude we need to take as children of God that we should stop worrying about, you know, the uncertainties and how it will happen. A child is not worried about how you're going to buy it. They just know that next week my father or my mother said that there's going to be a bicycle in my yard next week. So these lepers went to the place of uncertainty and that is where God was doing a lot of things because the Bible says that as they were going there, he made the Aramean army hear a sound of, a, of chariots and horses and a, a mighty army coming towards them, not knowing that it was just four lepers. But God used the faith and the fact that they chose to go. So now the four lepers didn't know what was going to happen once they get to the enemy camp nor did they know that God had done something without them knowing. How many times does God do things behind our backs? If This is just one example. But how many times does God do things without us knowing? Which means that we must always just thank God. Always. Because God is always doing something. He's always saving us from something. He's always paving a way. He's always sending his angels ahead of us. We must always have this attitude of always thanking him, even for the things that we do not see. Because we see here, these lepers did not know what God did that through their action in walking, they heard a mighty army coming. Now, the four lepers get there, they start eating. They're eating food, they're happy. Then they decided they, they're going to, you know, take these things, put in a tent or hide it somewhere. But then they realized, they're like, guys, mm, what we're doing is not right. What we are doing is not right. We need to go and tell um, the king that there's food here so now eventually the four lepers get the message sent to the king and therefore they save the whole city of samaria now the point that i want to draw to here focus on here is that these four lepers were used to save the city of samaria right so your challenges are not a sign of god's absence in your life no not at all in fact these four lepers were bringing the presence of god to the battlefield while they were going through a challenge these guys god used them while they had leprosy while they had a contagious skin disease, they were still used by God while going through challenges. 
which means that your challenges is not a representation of absence of God in your life. No, not at all. Because you are going through challenges does not mean that it is, you are going through it because of your sin. We remember in the, in, in the Bible where the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, this man, is, is he going through this situation because of the sin of his parents and, or, or, or what? And Jesus said, no, this is not because of the sin of his parents. It's because God wants to show his power through him by getting healed. Now, this challenge that you go through that God is just using so that he can show his glory so that you can be that person that will lead breakthrough in other people's lives through your challenges so when you go through challenges doesn't mean that you now god has left you you're a terrible person you're going through this because you deserve it you're going you, do you get what i'm saying your challenges is not a sign of absence from god god is always there in fact in the bible psalms chapter 139 verse 8 David is, is, is praying to God or singing to God, whichever one he was doing. But he was talking to God, saying to God that, listen, if I ascend to heaven, Lord, you are there. But even if I make my bed in hell, God, behold, you are still there. Now, what David is saying is that basically, whether he's going through the best time of his life, God is there, clearly whether he's going through the roughest part of his life god is still there even if it's challenges that he caused himself god is still there so this means that god is in the places of your challenges in fact when you go through challenges that is just an, exci an exciting time for god to use your story to glorify him so now every single place that you bring god to especially in your challenges when you bring god to your challenges to the battlefield we see in these stories that every single time they brought God to their challenges or to the battlefield, they regained territory back or new territory. Now, we look at the four lepers. When they came, when they arrived there, God had already passed by the camp and the Aramean army ran away and therefore they gained back their territory. David and Goliath, after David had defeated Goliath, we see the Philistine army ran away and Israel was able to gain new territory as well. The same thing happened with Jehoshaphat. God told Jehoshaphat, go all the way to the battlefield. And once you get there, fear not, I will fight your battle for you. And Jehoshaphat, when he got there with his army, he they saw that, oh, before they even got to the army, he told his singers, his worship team at the front to start singing. As soon as the worship team started singing, they, the enemy army is going into confusion. They are killing each other. Once they got there, as soon as they superlelaed over the hill, they saw Evan. Everyone is dead. What happened? Oh, Father, God said that he's going to fight our battles for us. Maybe God just threw his angels down there and did something. And therefore, they were able to gain plunder for three days to collect all the resources that they could for three days in a row. Now, we see that if you bring God to your challenges, there is territory that the devil has stolen from you that you will get back. And it is important that we do not allow ourselves not to show up to the fight, whether it's showing up through spiritual warfare, through prayer, through service, whatever it may be. Do not let the devil make you timid and you sit home and do nothing. Show up. Bring the presence of God to your challenges. The God want, God. Sometimes you go through challenges just so that God can use you to bring him to a place that he was never there before. To bring him to a place 
where people never really spent time with God to bring him to a place where there was no salvation there. Let God use you to bring him to challenges, to the battlefield. Don't worry. God will fight your battles for you. He said that in the Bible. Jesus said it already that, listen, fear not, I have already overcome this world. You have nothing to be afraid of. I've already won the battle. So the same thing he told Jehoshaphat when he was told that, hey, this enemy is coming. He said to Jehoshaphat, fear not, I will fight this battle for you. This battle is not yours, it's mine. I'll fight it. But I need you to do something. I need you to show up to the battlefield so that my presence can be brought to a place that it, it wasn't there before and you will see my glory. So bring God to your battles. Bring God to your battles. When David was fighting Goliath, you realize that Goliath, one big giant guy, uh, and a whole army behind him, you ask him, dude, why is this whole army uh, afraid of Goliath? Or why is this whole Philistine army trusting in Goliath? And this is because Goliath was a sigil of the demonic power behind the Philistine army. Now, Goliath was a sign of strength to the Philistine army, a sigil of their power, their evil power. Now, when you look at um, the Philistines, where Goliath is, 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 who Goliath is representing, we look back into the Bible, we see the Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant. This is where the presence of God was. They took the Ark of the Covenant and guess where they put it? They put it in the same temple that their evil god Dagon was right? The statue of Dagon was in that temple as well. Now, big mistake. The next day they come back, they find Dagon face down, facing the ark, almost in a form of uh, uh, worship of some sort. Now they were shocked. They put him back up. Next day they come back. How? Now, not only is the statue of Dagon back on the floor, facing the ark of the covenant, but his head is off and his limbs are also gone. Now, when you fast forward, and you see David, who is a, now a representative of God because the power of the Lord fell on David and was with him from that day on. And Goliath, who's also a representative or a sigil of Dagon or the evil power of the Philistines, we see that when David killed Goliath, the Bible says David threw a stone, it knocked Goliath in the forehead. Now, for those of us who did physics in school, we know something called inertia. Inertia says that when something goes zoo, you must also go zoo. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I can't explain it properly. Yo, it's been a while, man. but yes, inertia. When a force touches another force, solid force. You ask yourself, how did a stone hit Goliath that it's, the Bible says it sank into his forehead and the Bible says Goliath fell forward. He didn't fall backwards. You know, you know when they poke you in your head, does this. It makes people very angry, but the Bible says that the, the stone knocked him in the forehead. It sank into his forehead, but Goliath fell forward. Just like something that happened to Dagon a couple of time back. But not only that, David eventually also cut Goliath's head off. The same way Dagon was destroyed. Now, this was a prophecy waiting to happen. And the Bible is filled with many prophecies about you conquering your challenge as well. Jesus said that fear not, I've already conquered the world. That is a prophecy for you. So you must understand that these challenges that you're going through, some of them or a lot of them are to glorify God so that he can show people that I am great in this person's life. It is an honor to be used by God. The, the disciples, when they were being persecuted and beaten, 
for preaching Jesus, what did they do afterwards? They celebrated because they understood this. They understood that when you suffer for Christ physically, you will also be glorified the same way Christ was glorified. So when you go through challenges, sometimes we need to realize the privilege we have that God chose us to be used. Yes, it was not nice when Job lost everything, but after that, he became a sign of God's glory to everyone, even to us who are reading his story till this very day. So let God use you through your challenges. Let God take God to your battles. Don't, don't be timid. He didn't give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. So take God to your battlefield through prayer, through whatever. Take God wherever you go. Don't go through your challenges alone. That's not how it was meant to be. All right? Bring the presence of God. The Philistines brought the presence of God not knowing that it was going to destroy them. David brought the presence of God to the battlefield and he destroyed Goliath. And the four lepers didn't know that the presence of God was already in front of them. They were just following behind God, meaning that nothing was ever going to happen to them because God was in front of the danger and they were behind God. They were just following the path that God was just opening for them, an open door. And then we see Jehoshaphat as well. God said, go to the battlefield. I have already won this battle. Now I need you to collect the blessings of your faith of showing up to your battles. So the moral of this video is show up to your battles. Show up to your fight. Bring God's presence to your fight. So that's the video that I had for you guys today. And I hope that it helps someone. And this is the end of the video. I don't have anything else to say besides remember that your body is a ministry. That's right. People out there are seeing how God is using you. And they are being encouraged by your faith. By your ability to bring God to your battles. So, what is your body saying to us?